Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on Power Your Life and wherever you are across the globe. Please take care of yourself, be safe, and also think a minute about what your outlook is, what kind of beliefs, mind talk, and what do you tell yourself often, the myths, that may actually be getting in your way of creating a life you want, creating the success that you want, and even creating the abundance that you want. We don't often realize that we do have a belief system or create myths around certain kinds of things, whether it's money, whether it's about being successful, whatever it is. And we're not always sure what that is, but we do tell ourselves certain things that can really interfere with what we want to create. And today, I have a beautiful guest who, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing your name right, Ezra, whose name is Ezra B. Ugut, and she talks about how money does grow on trees. Ezra is a transformational coach and a yoga teacher, and she's helped millions of people globally discover their own power to live the life that they choose. Today, Ezra helps people transform their lives to experience their own spiritual as well as financial abundance through one-on-one coaching as well as workshops. Individuals, celebrities, and corporations have all sought Ezra's services as well as her mentorship. Along with her husband and business partner, author and transformational coach, and I don't know how to pronounce your husband's name, so you'll help me later, Ezra, They pioneered transformational coaching in Turkey and co-created a sought-after coaching certification program. Standing on the shoulders of giants in the field of manifestation, Ezra has authored a powerful new book, which is amazing, folks, and it's called Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By That Delivers Next-Level Prosperity Consciousness making abundance more accessible to all, and that means to you. Welcome, Ezra. How are you? Hello, uh, Dr. Joanne. Thank you so much for having me on the show, and your pronunciation of my name is great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I was hoping so. You are amazing. I love this book, and I love all that you're doing. But I want our listeners to to go a little bit back in time to some of the challenges that you went through that actually helped you shift your mindset and your belief system. So can you share that a little bit with our audience? 
Sure. Um, I had come from Turkey to the United States because I, since I was uh, in my, you know, mid-teens, I was just in love with America and everything it represented. So although I hadn't been here even as a tourist um, at an early age of like 23, 24, I decided to move here and to study film uh, at UCLA, for which I found a scholarship. But, you know, being on a student visa, you know, I'm not like really allowed to work. So I, I would just get any job I could, menial job I could to just survive. And, right. um, you know, it wasn't just, so I was working in a shoe store and at the same time trying to study and at the same time trying to survive. But it wasn't just being an America thing. I mean, ever since I remember, um, I've always had back then challenges with, with prosperity, even if it was just getting a daily allowance from my parents. There was always this sense of, you know, I can't do the things I want to do because I'm always limited financially. And that continued way into my mid-30s, that pattern. You know, it's so interesting because I think many people, many of us, really go through that, whether it, like you said, whether it's allowance or, or having to work at different kinds of jobs to make ends meet or having families and making sure that, that we're taking care of them. And also in whatever we're going through right now through the pandemic and, and a lot of challenges and deficits in many ways, that that in, can increase. So this book... Firstly, firstly, I love the title, <laughs> and and I want I want our listeners to know how how that title came about. What was the inspiration for that? You know, it just kind of came through the title. But um, when I was able to shift my consciousness from lack, lack, lack to an understanding that prosperity is not an outside job but an inside job. And then when prosperity started flowing so easily into my life, and then we see our own clients that we have this, you know, long, one-year-long certification program, which gives us enough time really for, to get in there and really have huge transformations happen. And when, you know, people who couldn't even afford, hardly afford the certification program to begin with start you know, creating their businesses and all this money flows, and we're talking about, like, a lot of prosperity flow into their lives, you know, again and again, I, I was like, oh, my God, you know, with this just shift in consciousness, so much is possible all of a sudden. It's like money does go on trees. <laughs> it's actually everywhere, <laughs> prosperity. And another way I like to look at it is, is like, as if it's oxygen. You know, we don't think about oxygen being unavailable. Yes, some of us breathe more shallow. Some of us breathe deeper. And really, prosperity is like that, too. Prosperity is available, really, believe it or not, to everybody. But because of certain beliefs that we have that we've created early on, just like the breathing, if we're not breathing the prosperity in because we are blocking it, it looks like, oh, it's because of the economy. Oh, it's because life is hard. Or, oh, it's because I'm in America now and, you know, back then I didn't have a work permit. Those are all, like, supposedly, those are all outside factors that are very succinctly reflecting what's going on in the inside. You know, and I think that's so important, too. What we tell ourselves, what we believe, what we think, we, we are creating, and a lot of people don't believe that. But I wanted to share something with you. I have a painting that is in my office. 
it's a it's a uh, building that's in the process of being constructed. The woman is standing on the top of of these logs, and money is coming down from the heavens, and she's collecting it. <laughs> oh my God! I and I love it. I look at it all the time. To be the cover of the book, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I will send it to you because it's so it's it's so amazing. I'll take a picture of it. So, what is for our listeners? What is prosperity consciousness? Well, prosperity consciousness is easier than we think. It's really about figuring out a way, uh, first of all, to get get the limiting belief systems that go against money out of the way. That's number one. And I'll give you my example in a minute. But the other thing is to begin start feeling prosperous even before your conditions have changed. So one of the most powerful exercises, of course, after um, I got over my own limiting belief systems after I was able to discover them and, you know, say like, oh, my God, it's so ridiculous. I'm not believing this anymore. Really, the next step for me was doing gratefulness exercises every day. Me and my husband, we committed <clears throat> to doing these exercises, something that I tailored. I mean, you know, the concept of gratitude is known everywhere, of course, but we know it conceptually and we don't usually practice it. So in 2007, I'll never forget, after, of course, discovering my limited belief systems, me and my husband, we committed to a whole year program of every day waking up and in the first thing in the morning, doing a 15-minute exercise of gratitude. Half of it, up to seven minutes, let's say, we would be grateful for what already is in our lives. And then the second half would be what we would want to be experiencing as if it has already happened. So what that did was it just kept on creating this momentum of like, oh, my God, I have this, and oh, my God, there's already that, and oh, my God, this is the beautiful house I live in, and oh, my God, you know, just on and on and on, creating the sense of, oh, I already am. I already am prosperous. And when we can generate that emotion in the inside through how we're choosing to focus, the mirror of life has to reflect that. So I'll never forget in 2007, as a yoga teacher at the very beginning, uh, my income, I was in Turkey. I had just moved back to Turkey for a bit back then. Um, And in January of 2007, my income from yoga was $800, $900 a month. By the end of that year, I was already making $15,000 a month. And then from there, it just kind of escalated. And the same thing happened to my husband. He had just, you know, had just come to Turkey. We weren't connected anymore. We didn't really have networking. And he was kind of doing, wanted to do voiceover. And again, with these exercises, such as like even before it happened, oh, I'm so grateful I have a voiceover job, blah, 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 speaking the reality into existence. At the end of the year, he was also making about ten, fifteen thousand dollars, and then that was only just the beginning of the momentum, and then it kind of accelerated from there. So, how we feel on the inside, you know, that great saying of Gandhi: "Be the change you want to see in the world." So, really, the magic and the trick is: how can I be that which I'm asking for, and to get busy, you know, I, get busy that's, being that's, that. <laughs> Sorry, I think that's that's so very important. And also what happens as we tell ourselves things, whether it's our limited belief system or the myths we tell ourselves or or 
yes, we're abundant and happy and joyful, whatever, our subconscious minds really take what we're saying, even if we're, or our belief system, as truth and, and go about bringing that into our conscious state. So as you're talking, it's so important, again, to be able to have a practice like you had. I have one similar, too, that every day to, to be grateful. And, again, people say, well, how can I be grateful for something I don't even have? And that's, a que- that, you know, that's an important <laughs> question. But, again, what you said and what I believe and, and also what your subconscious mind believes is as you do that, you're bringing it into fruition, and that is so very powerful. So what what are what people have these these limited beliefs sometimes it's through what they're living or or what they've learned from their parents or or relatives or whatever it is how do they shift that? I mean, it's one thing to just say, okay, you're just going to believe something else, but if that belief Ezra is so ingrained, how do they make that change? Well, I mean, that boils down to coaching because that change isn't a kind of a doing solution. It really is a new being choice, so it requires a new awareness, basically a shift in perception. And that comes through coaching. I mean, I did put certain exercises in the book, and sometimes already by the people who have read the book, for some that are rather ready for this, uh, as they're doing the exercises, like a shift there can happen. But really, the truthful answer to that is that it's the period of time of coaching. At least that's what happened for me and my husband. But one good way to think about, I mean, first of all, I believe that it's very important to begin awakening to how powerful we are and how we do very succinctly create our own reality. Now, having said that, Most people work and focus on how can I create a better reality. What me and my husband have found is very useful that before you go into how you can create the reality you want is to like turn back and look at how you have already created the reality right now that you supposedly don't like. Because when you can awaken to how it's your choices that have made you dance with whatever's going right now, it be, it's very, very empowering. For me, that came in the form of money because I was into yoga and I was kind of dissing money, but I wasn't really aware that I was dissing money in my life. And when I met my coach, the very first thing he asked me is, Esther, do you remember the first time you started relating to money? And almost mm. immediately, I just Bam, remembered a memory as a seven-year-old where the grown-ups are talking about this woman who was married off to this older and rich guy, and there's some doctor, and they're like saying, oh, you know, she did the right thing. It's good she listened to her parents. And the exact words were, a woman is stupid if they follow love. A woman should always follow kind of, you know, prosperity and status. I mean, given they were older people, so in their generation back then in Turkey, that's how life works. I mean, I get that now. But right. having listened to that conversation, I get really mad at them. And I go to the bathroom, I lock myself, and I made a decision. I created a myth right there and then that then ruled my life 
up into my mid-30s until I woke up to my own myth. And that myth was I decided I will never follow the way of money and I will always follow the way of love. So I made a counter decision to what was being spoken. But in doing that, in my reality, it was as if, like, you can only obey one thing. You cannot have money and love at the same time. It has to either be one or the other. And I became very clear about what I'm going to choose. And, of course, as a seven-year-old, you know, three days later, you forget about that. (laughs) But the mechanism in us, called the ego, which is, you know, for us, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a function that keeps these decisions in place. So then even when we don't consciously remember, that's how we go off and create our reality. And when I saw the myth I had created, and when I saw, excuse me, I have a bit of a cold, and when I saw how successfully I had experienced that myth all the way up into my mid-30s, I was A, shocked. B, it was very empowering because it kicked me out of feeling like a victim or feeling like, oh, I can't and I'm trying and, oh, it's not happening for me. Oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Oh, it's because of, you know, that I'm in America. It would have been different in Turkey. It just kicked me out of all those victim stories because I realized I had created this path through the myth I had decided as a seven-year-old. Now, it's interesting because you created that myth that was counter to what, you know, what your families were talking, family was talking about. And many people believe, like a parent could say, oh, we don't have enough money for that. You can't buy that. Or we can't do that right now because the money isn't there. And, and those kinds of belief systems from messages from home and family can also be part of what goes into our belief system and they become automatic, and then we, we're living that same myth, that same belief system without getting out of it. So how do we change the, 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 the ego consciousness a little bit? So how do we make that, that identify more with prosperity and, and joy and, and bringing into our lives what we want? Uh, yeah, before we go into that, Joanne, I think you said something very important. Like, yeah, some, some of us choose counter and some of us believe exactly like what's being spoken in the house in regards to any subject matter. In this case, we're talking about money. But even that shows that although we're young, even then we actually have a free will and a choice. So it's not like we get necessarily ingrained with whatever is being spoken in the house. Even at that point, even at that such a young age, it is a matter of choice. I want to say that. That's why same children who grow up in the same family with the same kind of myths and stories that say coming from the parents, not all of them have the same life. Because with, you know, what's happening, each one of them make a different choice, and it's that specific choice that they make that creates the rest. And that's so important that we have that choice, that we have that ability, yeah. that, we, that we can shift it. You know, some people say, oh, no, I can't do that. This is, this is what it is. And, and they don't believe that, yet you and your husband are actually examples of how you can change that, how you can move past that belief system and create something that you consciously, and I think consciously is an important word here, that you consciously yeah. choose. 
So talk about the winner's attitude because we all need that. What is it? How do we get it? And how do we sustain it? (laughs) Well, the winner's (laughs) attitude is actually what keeps us out of uh, that victim psychology because, you know, we all get feel like a victim about things. And by victim, I don't mean that, you know, you're all the time sitting on your bed and crying. Whether we're being a victim or not in regards to something is very simple to figure out. A, if we're complaining. B, if we're playing the blame game. C, if we're protecting or defending the problem. If we're doing any of these three things, in regards to any subject matter, this could be illness, this could be lack of prosperity or, or lack of relationships, it doesn't matter. We're basically choosing to be a victim in relationship to that thing. And we cannot be in our empowerment and in our victimization simultaneously. So we need to choose one or the other. And if we are in a victim state, at least we might do ourselves the favor of not even trying to find a solution because a solution is not available in that vibration. So the winner's and attitude – go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I, I was thinking of the vibration thing. Go, go right ahead. I'll, I'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, so a winner's attitude is in order not to walk our path with fear or in order not to walk our path with, like, immense attachment to something. It's about developing the art of making our worst-case scenario okay. And even in the face of the worst possible case scenario, figuring out in advance how we can be a winner about it. So let me give you an example because that's what, it, what grounds it. But... Um, Acting, you know, I had done acting in Turkey, then in L.A. I just took a lot of acting classes, hardly did much acting here. And then when I returned back in 2007 to Turkey, I was auditioning, auditioning, like with top producers, and none of it was really kind of working. And so when I talked to my mentor, he was like, okay, well, what's your worst-case scenario? What are you so afraid of, Estra, that you're not letting what you want happen? And here is the key. Oftentimes we think we can't create something. It's not true. It's a fear or a gain, a benefit that is stopping us from actually creating it. So in my case, when I went deep and started searching what the fear might be about, it was basically a fear of failing. So I was thinking in my head, oh, my God, you know, what if I do get chosen for a big project and then I just fail miserably? That's going to be worse than not doing it at all. But I hadn't been aware of that thought pattern. As soon as I realized this fear, I'm like, okay, how can I have the winner's attitude here? And I sat down and I said to myself, you know what? I'm already doing two jobs that are the love of my life. I'm teaching yoga. The coaching had just started in my life. That was going great. So I said, you know what? If this acting thing doesn't doesn't happen, it doesn't matter because then I'll have more energy, more time available to what I already love doing. And that felt like a winner to me. I'm like, oh, my God, I win even in the case of this not happening. So my energy freed out, freed up. And we had this uh, coaching with my teacher on a Sunday, I believe. On a Monday, I went to a meeting. On a Tuesday, I went to a meeting. On a Wednesday, check this out, on a Wednesday, I was cast for a big commercial, a TV series, and a movie. <laughs> I love it. All three of them, yeah. 
I love it. You know, you're talking about fear of success, fear of fear of failure, and other some other people have a fear of success. Now, what's that about, and how do they shift that? Got to do with the belief system, and there's very many techniques which would take kind of a long time to explain here, and some of them I have shared in the book. But there's many many exercises like shifting our vibration. But the most important thing is to have an aha, an awareness as to how we're setting up the game for ourselves and why. Like in my money example, if love and money don't go together and I decide I'm going to, you know, belong to love, it is so obvious that no matter how successful I am, I'm not going to get let prosperity get anywhere close to me, which is exactly what happened. I would do stuff and people would love it and, you know, they'd be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I remember I had a thing, I was an intern for Oliver Stone and I wrote something that he was really blown away by. And he really, really kind of wanted to hire me for the company. But, again, that whole, you know, being legal, not being legal got in the way because I was under the student's uh, identity at that point. But it could have happened. The reason it didn't happen is because it can happen as long as I'm carrying that belief system, love and money don't go together. So first of all, how we shift is, again, not a, it's not initially a doing solution. It's initially an awareness game. How do we become aware of how we're setting up the game? And awareness is so important, as you mentioned, in in every aspect of our lives. You know, because because a lot of us do things kind of unconsciously, and those beliefs get ingrained, and then we start living them out and wonder why. So it's so important what you're talking about to have that level of awareness. Now I'm going to ask you something personal and interesting because many people, not well, there are people that have businesses with relatives and family members and sometimes they go awry you and your husband have this 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 beautiful coaching practice and business and so much more how does it work how do you keep the love blooming and the business blooming at the same time you know what i think it's because early on we became so good at respecting boundaries we call it protecting our garden (laughs) so we teach that also you know in terms of relationships I mean you know love is something else and we definitely you know have been blessed to have that going on for so many years but a relationship is something else and it's based on agreement and when we can you know communicate and be clear about the agreements we have we're making with each other then it becomes very easy for each individual to protect their garden and yet be together. So I would say that that's the secret. That's number and, you know, one. And I, number- I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. I really do. Sorry, it's, I think it's so important. And you said that so, so very beautifully. I love it. What do you and think? And I think the other, other, the, other, the other thing I would say, because, I mean, we get that a lot. You know, when we teach together, there's just something about, us being together. I mean, you know, he has sometimes his own clients. I have my own clients. And then when we do a workshop together, both of our clients love it when we do it together. And we usually, you know, do now teach together. Um, So people kind of pick up on the energy of of what we have going on. And one other thing is because I think we understand ego very well. 
And because we understand ego and what it is really well, basically just, you know, the part of us that's programming, the part of us that acts out, it's the unconsciousness that's acting out, which isn't really who the person is. So through this understanding over the years, we've really been able to relate to one another, not from our egos, but from being able to separate the two. So when one of us is going insane, we don't identify the ego with the person. <laughs> so then it becomes very easy to just sustain that love. <laughs> and I, I think that's such an important lesson, not just in, you know, in working together in a business, but, but in our interactions with people, that level of respect, that level of communication, and, and like you said, setting boundaries, but also understanding where each other is coming from and being able to to determine and decide, you know, I'm not going to let my ego just overpower or get in the way of what's important in terms of this beautiful exchange, and, and, and that's key. This is so important that you actually, you know, you, you, you've come from it, that level of not believing in yourself, of not feeling good enough, and many people do experience that. I know I, I felt that when I was young, and I had to really, really shift that to a great deal. How did you do that? How did you get to, to feeling, I am good enough, I am prosperous, I can do do this because it is a shift well uh, one of the techniques that we use um, that actually we've created our own version of it and then I realized that there's a lot of similar techniques out there is the inner child work because yeah because you know our energies we're very sensitive as children and really like unconditional love you know is a must which most of our parents are not in the consciousness to give that to us. So through, you know, happenings again in the family, our energies start to shut down. And so even as an adult, when we kind of overcome them and transform and learn and know better that, oh, my parents really didn't mean that or, oh, this child who abused me didn't mean that, you know, and and we understand because we become an adult. But the child energy within us isn't necessarily up to par with us. So it's very important, we believe, with the inner child work to go back and educate that child in the moment their energy shut down because of this, that, the other thing. You know, so I believe be, that too, and I, I also said I do that. Yeah. And not only to, to educate the child, but also in, in my belief system to give that child a feeling of support and love and let that child know that 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 they're there to be protected you know from from the vantage point of you the adult coming into that so so I think that's yeah. wonderful there was just why um, is this book I think everybody needs to read it why is this book so essential now for all of us uh, you know, I didn't write it during the pandemic. I actually finished it just <laughs> before the pandemic. So interestingly enough, at the moment of me finishing it, it wasn't necessarily like kind of a world subject, <laughs> prosperity, but it became so. Um, you know, I think remembering who we are and remembering that endless, limitless power within us, there's always, there's never like the best time for it. 
Um, but, you know, it just so happened that today, yes, a lot of people are suffering from the economy. And with their belief systems and new attitudes and new perceptions, I know for a fact it's possible to change that around. So we're never the slave of the conditions. The conditions are never more powerful than we are. And when we wake up to that, piece by piece, bit by bit, then we see that everything is possible. And not only do we get to change our lives, but when, you know, people see what's going on in our lives, they pretty much come and say, hey, what are you drinking? I want some of that too. (laughs) And then we can, you know, basically be an example, help other people do the same. And again, it's what you were talking about earlier, Ezra, too, which is that already putting out into the world, into what we're saying to ourselves about prosperity and abundance and joy, about that, that we're already receiving it, even if it's not here right now, that we're already getting it, that we're already seeing it, we're already believing it and making it so. Speaking of seeing, visualization, I believe, is so powerful, and you utilize that too. Can you share with our listeners why it, it's so potent in our lives and in changing it, our beliefs? Well, because reality is basically our individual reality I'm talking about, not the consensus uh, reality, is, is basically a projection of what's going on in the inside. So if we can hold a vision, a dream, powerfully enough in our mind, focus on it long enough, it has to become a reality. Again, providing we don't have belief systems that go against it. So visualization is very powerful, yes, unless we have a gain from not having whatever it is we're visualizing. And you were, in the beginning of the interview, uh, Joanne, I'm so sorry, I, I, I don't think I answered that question. You said, you know, what's one way, what's one exercise? So I'd love to give an exercise here that might help people with that, you know, question you had earlier on. Because Please after do, yeah. doing that, ex- yeah, after doing that exercise, like once uh, once we are in clarity completely with what we want, then visualizing makes it very easy, very quick to actualizing it. But Let's again, do it. It's what, okay, so um, okay, so let's say we want a relationship or let's say we want more health or let's say we want more prosperity since the subject is money. Let's go with that. If everyone listening right now, they could close their eyes and this is kind of, it has visualization in it, but it's for a different purpose. So close your eyes and just imagine yourself in a humongous amount of prosperity. And really, really exaggerate. Exaggeration is key here. How you would wake up in the morning. Imagine that you don't have to work because you have all these multiple passive incomes, which makes you not have to work. Yes, you can work if you want, but you work if you feel like it. And you can just go to the holidays whenever you want. You just have this endless amount of freedom to move in the world. Do whatever you feel like doing in terms of any other hobby or dream that you want to pursue. 
Now, as you're like taking yourself deeper and deeper into this visualization, look at what it is that you don't like in that picture. What is the emotion that makes you go like, ugh? Because if you didn't have some sort of a resistance to prosperity, you would already be experiencing it. So this is one way in which we can find the limitation of thought to put ourselves in an exaggerated way into supposedly what we want. And then it's like an allergy test and see what makes us go like, ugh, about it. That carries the limited belief system for us. I love it. Now, I didn't have that. Oh, I had a bed of money. I was lying on a bed of money. <laughs> and I was seeing money floating all over. And I was also going outside afterwards, like after waking up, and just sharing money with everybody and just kind of dancing through the, <laughs> through the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's again, this goes hand in hand with coaching, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, there was a girl that um, actually a friend of mine who was wanting to manifest uh, money and she's been doing all kinds of workshops for years. And she said, you know what, I give up on this money thing. No matter what I tried, it just doesn't work for me. And I said, well, you know, it's maybe not happening because a part of you doesn't want it to happen. And she said, oh, don't be ridiculous. I've been after this for years, and I've, you know, gone to every kind of workshop. I mean, if I didn't want it, why would I, like, commit to 10 years of trying to make it happen? And I said, okay, let's put you into the allergy test. So I put her in there, and, of course, like, you know, it takes a bit, like maybe 15 minutes you talk the person into, like, not just manifesting, but how their life would look had it been present, like what they would be doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And... There she's in front of me, claiming, like, saying, don't be ridiculous, of course I want money. When I put her in an extended way into that visualization, she started sweating. And she just was, like, literally sweating in front of me, very uncomfortable. And I said, okay, well, what's coming up? What's going on? What's that emotion about? And she's, like, getting red, and she's like, oh, my God, I just feel so much shame. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, Really? So I said, okay, let's go deeper into that shame. What are you feeling so shameful about? And bam, she nailed her belief system. And she realized the core belief she was carrying, and it's a very common one, actually. That's why I'm giving this example. If I have more, others will have less because of me. Oh. Yeah. So that's one that holds a lot of people back. Again, it comes from a belief system that forces resources are limited. So people feel like, oh, my God, if they're living in a lot of abundance. And, you know, to, to find the gain of why we're not manifesting what we supposedly want, you have to exaggerate it, the visualization. Right. And, and, yeah, I, 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 and I'm totally in agreement out. with you. I think visualization is, is so powerful. And I also think when we have, and this is my belief system, when we have, it's beautiful to share and to to have other give you know see see smiles on other people's faces and and spread the joy, spread the abundance. You are amazing, Ezra. Tell our listeners. Aww. 
<laughs> no, I love it. Tell our listeners how they can get this book, Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live, and also how to get a hold of you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, the book is out um, on Amazon, so you can get it from there. And our website is www.ikeandestranow.com. That's I-K-E-A-N-D-E-S as in Sam, R-A-now.com. Uh, if you come to the website, we, you know, we just kind of set up our uh, English website. So we don't have a whole lot going on there in terms of workshops and stuff. But if you leave your emails, anytime we open a workshop or certification in English or, you know, put a product out, you'll be the first to know about it. Beautiful. Now, what would you like to leave our listeners with before we close? Um, You know, we create our own problems, and then we are definitely equipped to solve the problems that we have created. And the whole journey between point A and point B is to awaken to how amazingly powerful and unlimited we are. So that's what I'd like to say. I love it, and I believe it, and thank you so much for sharing your beautiful book and your beautiful essence, and have a beautiful, blessed day, Ezra. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Think about what Ezra said, too, because, again, it is about what you've been telling yourself, what the myths are that you've been creating, whether they're conscious or unconscious, but her book, and she she said it so beautifully throughout the interview, is that you really need to pay attention to what you've been telling yourself, to what you've been living by, and to find out what's been getting in the way of allowing you to create the life, the abundance, the joy, the prosperity that you want. And what's so powerful in the book and so powerful, and I believe it's true, is that you do have the ability, the wherewithal, to create your own reality. But you have to see what the reality is that you've been creating all this time. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to docwhite.org. And, again, we do have the ability to power our lives, to empower ourselves on a daily basis. Maybe you don't have to take those giant steps all at once, but take a few steps today that allow you to walk into a life that you choose, feeling good about yourself, feeling more empowered, and knowing that, yes, I can. Yes, you can. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a beautiful, blessed rest of your day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.